Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Wednesday Bucket Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Lamarie, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird. Another combo pod. And I apologize if my voice has been low on previous pods. I think I got my audio jacked up. We appreciate you uh, keeping us informed how the pod sounds. We're doing combined football and men's basketball power rankings for the 14 Big Ten programs. Stephen made a list. Nathan made a list. I made a list. And our tech subscribers did a ranking. Yes, we send it out in the text. They move it around on their phone. I think this might have been a difficult one to do. First of all, it's a little bit of a homework question. Think about all the men's basketball and football programs and then smush them together and think, oh, who is Maryland ranked above Northwestern? Or are they where are they compared to Iowa? That's a lot of homework. And I think maybe people were saying it was a little clunky on the phone. So this is a big ranking. I apologize for that. Thanks to everybody who did rank. We certainly got a good vibe from what everybody said. There's a tie at the top. Tie at the top. So we will get to the top so we can talk about that. But we will start at the bottom with the unanimous worst combination of football and men's basketball programs in the Big Ten. And that, of course, Nathan belongs to who? I believe it's the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The Fighting Cornhuskers, as we discussed on the coach ranking pod uh, on Tuesday, we ranked the 21 best football and men's basketball coaches in the big 10, only two programs did not have one of their coaches on there. Nebraska was one. Maryland was another Nebraska comes in dead flaming last year, Steven, and they have earned it. Have they not with Fred Hoiberg and Scott Frost? Both were brought in to, you know, basically press a reset button on programs, especially on the football aspect. And both of them have stunk at it greatly. I don't know if Nebraska basketball lost a bunch of close games this season. That was a popular discussion point for Nebraska football that, hey, they lost all these games by one touchdown. Sometimes that can flip in a year. They better cross their fingers that it does because right now they're at the bottom. Welcome to the Big Ten, Nebraska. Well, I think what makes this interesting discussion about Nebraska is this isn't a place where they're floundering because they don't have resources and didn't have an AD who was going to go hire real coaches. Like they hired Scott Frost away from all the success he had at, at uh, UCF. They hire Fred Hoiberg who had been in the NBA and had really good success at Iowa state. This isn't a place where you look at them and you're there. You're just like, well, they're at a lower tier and they have to take what they can get. Like these are guys, these are names. These are big deals when they hire these guys. And now you're looking at three, four years in and they're still firmly in the basement of both of these sports. It's really perplexing. I'll say this though. The basketball team does have a little bit more promise than football, just because they were young. Their best player, Bryce McGowan led the was led all freshmen in scoring this year and was the runner of a freshman of the year. So they do have a little bit more promise, even if their coach stinks. They got a couple transfers. They got that Casey Thompson transfer at quarterback. Uh, they, I think they have to pray and hope the issue isn't that they don't have a strong recruiting base around them 
And then in changing conferences, they've lost their identity and they don't have a home base and you can't win only recruiting players from Nebraska and South Dakota and Iowa and the surrounding States. And if you're not getting some kids from the big 10 footprint while you're in the big 10 and you no longer are getting Texas kids because you're not in the big 12 anymore and you're in a no man's land. And the result is you have the worst combined athletic program with the two major sports in the big 10. That's the kind of thing that will keep Trev Alberts, the new AD up at night, that it is an intractable problem. It is a problem of their own making. It is a problem of geography and location and conference realignment that wasn't solved by hiring an NBA guy and a UCF fake national title guy who seemingly had everything you'd want in a head coach. That's the worry. 13th is Maryland. 13th on all of our ballots. The Texters had them 11th. Steven, again, no Mike Loxley, no Danny Manning interim coach for Mark Turgeon. The one thing about this placement is they have a good basketball program. That basketball program yeah. is just in flux right now. So if we did this ranking, you know, the, the, the football team had a winning record this year. If we did this ranking a couple of years ago and when Mark Turgeon was making NCAA tournaments, they'd probably be higher combined. I actually understand where the Texas are coming for at 11th, but I also understand, Stephen, where we're coming at putting them 13th. Yeah, if we'd have done this the year Mike Loxley was hired, combined with Maryland being a good basketball program, they're a top 10. Based on yeah. basketball program's good, the, the football program's coming. But neither of those things has happened, so now they're 13th. And each, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably enough discussion. We get it. We, we said it on the cloud. We got to see who they hire. We think they'll hire somebody good. And I think Mike Loxley still has a shot, right? I mean, it's just you got to get some momentum. He certainly has had recruiting hits. We know the deal with Mike Loxley. You know, they lost their best receiver to injury in the middle of last year. That certainly affected them. There's there's some – it's not – I would say Nebraska is kind of like searching for answers. I think Maryland might know where the answers are, which is like keep leaning into Mike Loxley, just do a little bit more of what you're doing and make a great basketball hire, which you should be able to do. And then, Nathan, there's hope there. Yeah, I do think, though, as I was putting together my list, and I don't know how you guys feel about this and whether this is a, a discussion topic – I lean football a little bit. I still think of football as being the more important entity. Uh, and if there's a tie break to be made, if there's a program that is just sort of flatlining football wise, and even if the school next, even if they're better than the school right next to them in my rankings in the basketball, I probably still had the other school ahead. I didn't now, do that. I, that. I just basically it. like, I basically took the four programs about a tiebreaker and said, which of the four programs is the best? And that's what I put ahead. Just because it's not like oh. Ohio State football's program is so much better than everybody else's football program that it I, I can't just I can't just automatically go, oh, foot, let's see what the football program is better. And that's how I rank them. The hard thing is there are some schools who would say, no, basketball is more important to us. And I think Maryland's one mm -hmm. of them. So then how do you factor that in? If we went through and said, here are the 14 Big Ten schools. What's more important, football or basketball? I think no, Indiana – go ahead. I mean, important is an interesting word. To the fan Maryland, base, Maryland would you has, rather win it? I suppose, but, but at the end of the day, football brings in more revenue even at a place like Maryland than basketball does. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not asking, like, the administrators what they think is more important. What makes I'm the just fan saying. base happier? What would make the fan base at Maryland happier? What would make the fan base – at Indiana happier. I think basketball makes them happier than mm. football. Even as good as Tom Allen was at football, even Ralph Frigid and his the heydays of Maryland football, I think basketball makes them happier. Just like I Ohio State football makes Ohio State fans happier than basketball ever can, I think. Now, to your point, Nathan, money matters. And I think that's a reasonable thing to factor in. And the, the better you are at football, the the more money you make, and that lifts the whole athletic department. So it's a complicated thing. That's why there are like there are no parameters really, other than everything is a parameter. Twelfth is Rutgers, and we'll give Stephen Means the floor here. Stephen had Rutgers ninth. I had Rutgers tenth. Nathan had Rutgers twelfth, and the Texters had Rutgers thirteenth. No offense to the Texters, I think thirteenth is too low, given the success of the basketball program the last two years and that 
Greg Schiano is giving the football program a little hope. They're just early in that, but also nine, Stephen, not Rutgers. They might hang this. They'll hang a banner in the RPAC or whatever. What's it called? The rack? The what? The rack. The rack. They'll hang a banner in the rack. Stephen means ninth best combined football and men's basketball program. Stephen, I look forward to you seeing that na- that banner with your name on it next time you go to Rutgers. I mean, I've said a lot of terrible things about Rutgers over the past few years. I guess it was time to finally compliment them on something. Buckeye talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's literally that's a good one. I, I thought yesterday's conversation about Rutgers basketball team helped me push them up because I probably would have gone into this and put them 11th or 12th, just like you guys did had them a lot lower than where I had them. But Greg Schiano uh, is the football is back, which means the football program is going to be on an upswing. I'm not saying they're going to automatically turn into this 10 win team every single year, but they can get eight, nine wins if he gets that recruiting going the way he did a decade ago. And then the basketball team over the past two years has shown some promise. And in comparison to the other teams I have below them, they've given me reason to believe that better days are coming. And that mattered to me. They have their two guys, which not every school on this list can say mm-hmm. that there are going to be some schools that are ranked higher than Rutgers here at 12th. That's like, well, yeah, but they need a new basketball coach. Yeah. Well, but I don't know if that football coach is the guy they have their guys. You just need to see more of them. So as part of this, we said, I think with the Texers, some recent history. Okay. Right now, important, a little look at the future. That's okay. You know, it's not just exactly today. It's today and a little bit of what you've been and what you might be. The Rutgers, what you might be, Nathan, is is pretty optimistic, at least for Rutgers. But I also think having two head coaches you believe in is a pretty good starting spot. I think so. And I definitely see a separation between Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska right now. But I did only have Rutgers 12th. And it's because in neither sport are they achieving the success right now that at least in one of the sports, everybody I have ranked ahead of them is achieving, if that makes sense. Like the, the, the football thing is still very speculative. Like they've shown a little glimpse of something now um, that Shano is back, but it hasn't been really realized in significant wins. And with Peichel doing what he's done in basketball, they had the 20 win season during the COVID year, which was terrible timing. thought there was maybe no program in the country, all, except for whoever would have eventually won the national title. Maybe they got deprived of something that year, the way, Rutgers did but the last two years they've averaged like 17 wins it's been fine they had 18 wins this year they're they're fine but compared to like you know Illinois in basketball or Northwestern in football or you know what I'm saying like I feel like in every other sport every other school that I have ranked above them is actually achieving a little bit more in at least one of those sports I think that's fair I think that's fair 11th is Northwestern they were north uh, 11th for both you guys. Ninth for me, 12th for the Texers. Uh, ninth might be high, but they've won two Big Ten West titles in the past four years. Now, they also sent out the Nebraska-style letter about their head basketball coach, which is like, it's not good enough, but you're not fired. So Chris Collins got that from the Northwestern AD the other day, which is like, well, you'll just be fired next year. So that's not good. But the football and the football, like, like right now, right now, they just had a bad football year and they had a bad basketball year. Yeah, right now. If you take a little more of the, you know, recent history into effect, that's why I had them where I did. But Nathan, I also would hear an argument that I have Northwestern too high and 11th is certainly much more where they belong. The thing that I struggle with, and I said this yesterday, when I thought I had Fitzgerald probably still ranked a little too low. It's just that volatility, how the peak is really, if they were doing what they do, if they were doing what they do in the East, I think I would respect it more than when they do it in the West. Because right now, yes, they'll win the West and then they fall down to three wins and then they'll win the West and they'll fall down to three wins. They still only have to play the West schedule to do that. And that's what makes those dips seem even lower to me than if they were happening in the East. If there were a team like, I suppose Michigan state at times has even maybe experienced something along these lines where they'll contend for the East championship or even beat out Ohio state and then kind of drop back to something more mediocre. 
And I think if, if Northwestern were in the East and doing what it does, it would just feel different to me. But the fact they're doing it in the West takes a little bit off of the, the height of it for me. And it doesn't give me enough that it pushes past how just really kind of almost unbelievably bad the basketball program has become again. It's the combination of the football program being such a roller coaster between good and terrible mixed with the basketball program basically is non-existent is why they're outside of the top 10 for me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think that's all reasonable. I will say I definitely had them ahead of the team. We have two teams that are tied for 19th and 10th. One of them's Minnesota. I definitely had Northwestern ahead of Minnesota because Minnesota basketball has not been that good um, no. under Richard Patino. Richard Patino, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, made the tournament twice in eight years. And then this was the first year of Ben Johnson. And then, you know, PJ Fleck, as we said, had nine wins this year and had 11 wins three seasons ago, but they didn't get to the big 10 championship game the way Northwestern did. So like, who's better recently? It's like, I don't know. I haven't seen Minnesota and Indy and neither basketball program is particularly good. So that's why I had Northwestern ahead of Minnesota again, whatever. I don't know where Minnesota basketball is going. Minnesota basketball is probably a little better than Northwestern because Northwestern basketball is awful, but I, I would give, Northwestern football recently, the edge on Minnesota, even though Minnesota clearly had a better year this year. And now here we are debating the merits of Minnesota versus Northwestern as the 10th and 11th best programs in the Big Ten. And people have shut off the podcast. Hang with us. We'll speed through it. We're going to get to the stuff at the top. The stuff at the top is interesting. Uh, They're tied with Indiana. Indiana was... 12th for Steven, 9th for Nathan, 11th for me, and 8th for the Texters. Nathan, 9th for Indiana. What's your view of Indiana's combo? Well, it's interesting. I didn't really break these teams into tiers, but there were definitely, as I went down my list, teams that I was grouping together and having to decide which one I would put higher. And I actually ended up putting Minnesota higher on my list than Indiana. The football success of both of them in recent years felt a little soft to me in the moment. The year that Minnesota had in, um, uh, what would that was that 2019, the success that Indiana had in 2020, they both felt like not fake good, but fake great. Cause they were getting thought of in some circles as like, great. They need to be, you know, voted high, very, very high in the poll and stuff like that. But the IU hoops has the highest ceiling of any of these teams we've been talking about. I think that there is still a brand there that means something it just hasn't been effectively capitalized on and i think that as you're talking about you're picking you're, you're splitting hairs on like um program stature i think that that's where i separated someone like iu from someone like northwestern um but for a minute but it's also to me um their their basketball different hasn't been that different than minnesota now for several years and I, I actually put Minnesota ahead of them from a football standpoint. From the way you're talking, it sounds like you used the the standard that Indiana's basketball program does have as a way to prop it up. I used it to ding it because you're not reaching the standards and you're not even like right outside the vicinity of the standards. You're, as you just said, they're no different than what Minnesota has been as the basketball program for the last four or five years here. And so when your standard is a certain level, and you are nowhere near it, you have to get dinged for that because it's, you know, doing worse, doing something poorly is going to impact you more than doing something the right way. And Archie Miller just absolutely killed them. Oh, just yep. looking at it again, even like Crean, Crean had those couple years, like with Victor Oladipo and Cody Zeller, they were one seed the one year. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a little stretch and then Archie just tanked them, man. I mean, didn't make a tournament. Ooh. So, but I do think, I think, the Indiana football high is softer than the Minnesota football high because I really think Indiana might be a one-year wonder and a COVID year at that. Whereas Minnesota, yes, it's the West, but they followed up that 11-1 year with a nine-win season last year. And I, I just think there was a little bit more to PJ Flex program than there is to Tom Allen's program. So um, 
I don't know. I, I, I think they're all in the right range. And I think we have one more team here. I think there's a line. Basically half the league is like pretty good, pretty like that. You know what? I'll take this combo. Yeah. We're, our fans are pretty happy between either, either they're both pretty decent or one's really good. And one's gives you a little bit. I think there's one more team. So I would say the six we've done so far, I think is a pretty good bottom six. Illinois is the dividing line to me because Illinois is basketballs here. They've arrived after a little bit of a drought and football might be on the way also. So Illinois might be about to get pretty darn happy. We had them eighth. Steven had them eighth. Nathan had them 10th. I had them eighth. The Texers had them ninth. Illinois in two years, Steven could be higher on this list than eighth. If they win a national championship in basketball or get to a final four and Brett Bielema gets things rolling there and they're in that rotation of Big Ten West teams who get to Indianapolis, they might be top six, maybe top five, depending on how some other things work out. Nathan, do you see that? We we talked about this a little bit when you drafted Brett Bielema in the coaches draft yesterday. There's some, I think, as you mentioned, what's the the AD there? Josh Whitman. Josh Whitman, there might be a little bit on the upswing. They might have hit on a couple of hires here. They just have to keep Brett Underwood, but they they probably fe- are feeling better now combined than they have in quite some time. I think so. For me, as I was ranking this, I couldn't completely escape the fact that they have been arguably there. I mean, not that far removed from them, arguably being like the worst Power Five football program. <laughs> Or like, I mean, very, very, very close to it, like below Nebraska, below Maryland or Rutgers, like they were trash. And that's what Bielema is trying to dig them out of. So I think that still has to be factored into this. But it's, other than maybe Rutgers, uh, Illinois might have the most upward mobility of the teams in the bottom half of this list. Because Rutgers is also a team that we're a program where we feel like both both sides have something in place, have the guy in place that can lift them. Uh, but I do feel like the ceiling for both basketball and football at Illinois is higher. They have yeah. a long they have a long clearance to get to what their ceiling could be in football, and it's obviously we're talking about probably you know the occasional Rose Bowl appearance and the occasional loss in the Big Ten championship game or whatever. But that's still like from where they have been. Um, a very realistic goal, but nowhere close to what they have been. They, 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 I think they do though have the right guys in place to to get that going. And, and you know, Whitman had to do some other things there as far as raising some money, re, you know, enhancing some facilities, that sort of thing. And it takes a while. I mean, if you if if those things start to lag, and you're trying to keep up with places like Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State that have been doing that, and you feel like you're supposed to be on that that same playing field, like it's not an overnight fix. It's been um, it's been a bit of a grind to even get them back to this level. So that is the consensus bottom seven. Again, by the point totals, the three of us plus the texters, there's four voters. You rank them all one through 14. Nebraska, 56 points. Maryland, 50. Rutgers, 44. Northwestern, 43. Indiana and Minnesota, both 40. Illinois, 35. Our seventh place team had 27 points. So that's a pretty good gap. I think there's a clear a top half and a bottom half, and we'll get to the top half next on Buckeye Talk. All right, Doug Maurice back with Nathan Baird and Stephen Means, our tech subscribers, helping us out with this ranking of combined basketball and men's men's basketball and football programs. 614-350-3315 if you want to be a texter. I will tell you that on the College Football Survivor Show, I had such a good time doing the – men's basketball and football combined coaches draft on Tuesday's Buckeye talk for Tuesday's college football survivor show. Shahan J. Haraja and I did a combined national draft. We drafted 21 coaches total football, men's basketball and women's basketball. Anybody on the board, same parameters we had. And uh, I found that enjoyable. That's for Apple Podcast subscribers. If you want to subscribe to the College Football Survivor Show, it's $2.99 a month on Apple Podcasts. You get four shows for that. So it's less than a buck a show. We went an hour and 14 minutes. I thought we had some really fun discussions. It's fun to compare Kirby Smart and Tom Izzo. 
right? It's fun to compare Mark Few and Dabo Sweeney, right? So we did that. That's a football podcast, but we're dipped into basketball just what we're doing here because it is basketball season. Number seven, Purdue. Almost unanimous. Nathan, the texters, and I all had him seventh. Stephen had him sixth. Nathan, what do you think about Purdue right here? Clearly, this is carried by Matt Painter and the win over Ohio State from a couple of years ago in football. <laughs> right. And, and I, Purdue is a place that is probably right below where it can realistically achieve to get to in both of those sports. In football, they've been, a under Jeff Brom, a pretty regular bowl team. I think they've been to bowls in three of his five years. Obviously, the best year was this past year. They won, what, nine games, I think, with, with the bowl game. And yep. then in basketball, you know, you're competing for the Big Ten Championship regularly. And you're getting to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament fairly regularly. And hoping for that kind of once in a generation that you put together that run. And that may actually seem, if Purdue fans were listening to this, I think they would say that that is uh, an underwhelming expectation. But historically, that's a fair expectation for Purdue. That's kind of where where they sort of top out at. And they're right below that. They're they're right on the cusp of where I think. So as far as I think fan satisfaction, um, I you know there as we talked about yesterday, it's a fan base that's very hungry for that Final Four run. Probably the way that like Ohio State fans. We're hungry to be in that national championship conversation before um, Trestle took them there. You know, it's similar kind of drought, I think, maybe. Uh, but um, if so, for Ohio State fans to maybe kind of imagine how that felt at the time. Uh, but but really, um, really solid. Yeah, I don't think Purdue would complain about being seventh, right? Right, I, I Unlike the team that is sixth, just ahead of them, Penn State. Penn State, Stephen had seventh, Nathan had fifth, I had sixth, and the Texters had sixth. This is hard because I think, and again, we'll talk about how we sort of all did these when we get to the top four, maybe. I did my own rankings of here's the 14 basketball programs, one through 14. Here's the 14 football programs. I came up with my own numbers, but then I also added some subjectivity to them. I didn't only go by the numbers, but Steven in, in at its best Penn state. And at times should have, has had the second best football program. And then it's just a matter of how much is the basketball program an anchor because the basketball program has made one NCAA tournament in the last two decades. And Michael Shrewsbury has some work to do, but right now they're not the second best football program. So if they're not the second best football program, because they've had two soft seasons back to back, then they wind up sixth here when maybe in other worlds, they still could be like third or fourth, even though the basketball program's not that good. But I think sixth here and you had him seventh is pretty reasonable. If Penn State had a playoff appearance, the basketball program basically being in the gutter my entire life wouldn't matter as much. But you, it's 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 kind of how Nathan just described the Purdue basketball team a little bit, where it's like you've been pretty good, but you haven't quite ever punched through that ceiling, and you've had a couple times to do it. Now, one of those is not your part. It's not your fault that you beat Ohio State won the big 10 and they still put Ohio state in the playoff and not you. That's not, that's on the committee. That's not on you, but like you keep getting close, but not necessarily punching through. And when your basket and when your floor doesn't help you at all, your ceiling has to be just as high as your floor is low. And that's not the case with Penn state, which puts them kind of middle of the pack. But I don't think Nathan, that if you told Penn state fans, Hey, congratulations on having the sixth best combo of men's basketball and football. I don't think they'd say, thanks. I think they would say that's not good enough. Right. And I don't think, I mean, even I had him fifth and I don't think they would be happy about that either. And I, part of me thinks that it, we look at the end of the day at football success. We had this conversation on, on yesterday's pod as well, where it's so zero sum in football. Like it's so everybody's fighting for just this one thing that is unattainable for most of this conference, the idea of a playoff spot. And when you fall short of that, 
it's harder to you don't get the benefit of the doubt sometimes of what you did accomplish the way you can in basketball, where you can have a pretty good year and you finish like sixth in the Big Ten. But if you get the right matchups in the tournament and now you're on the second weekend, then that looks like a big yo sweet 16. Like that was a pretty successful year. So I, I, I sort of think of Penn State football as. Uh, maybe maybe Purdue basketball is kind of a, a good example of it. I mean, they're they don't get to win the Big Ten as often, I guess, as Purdue basketball does because again, it's just a different kind of scheduling procedure. But what they actually end up accomplishing, like just go back and look. I mean, several like eleven win seasons in the last five six years, right? Like three or two, like at least three eleven win seasons in pretty recent history. Um, that's significant. That's not like something you can take for granted across the Big Ten. And I think, and Steven's right, like the year that they did just about everything they had to do to get into the playoff um, just didn't work out for them. So I still, some of this is also trying to acknowledge, like, what do you think the ceiling is for a program still? Because, and here's the, here's the important difference. Historically, Nebraska has as high a ceiling as any program has accomplished in almost football history, like winning multiple national championships, being like a name synonymous with the sport. That is not Nebraska's ceiling anymore. Like It's never, ever, ever, ever going to be like that. But at Penn State, I still feel like a, a long period of significant success is attainable for them if they just get the right things back in place for, because they have so many of the right things in place. They may even have the right coach. It's just a matter of having to to sync it up um, and makes it do some better things in recruiting. I suppose, obviously that the drop off a couple of years ago hurt them. That's just how I separate them from, for instance, probably a team that we're about to talk about such as Iowa. Yeah. The drew Aller might move them up this list in the next two or three years. Having a big time quarterback will certainly help if he hits as people expects, but again, it's just a reality. Yes. Ohio state basketball has Cincinnati and Xavier and Dayton in the state as really good high-level programs. But still, a, a, most of the time, if there's a really good high school player in the state of Ohio who's going to play in the state of Ohio, he still probably will go to Ohio State. Again, Penn State in basketball is battling Pitt. It's battling Villanova. It's battling Temple. It's, ba- it's just it's not the program. And I do I would almost list if we said – list the programs least likely to win a national championship. If we kept, if we keep doing this combined football and men's basketball thing, which we won't, but if we did, and we said one through 28, who's the least likely to ever win a national championship. I think Penn state basketball might be 28. Cause I just, how do they get to a ceiling? How do they ever get enough? people uh, there? I would put Nebraska basketball below them. I don't know. I put Northwestern basketball below them too. But listen, but Northwestern. But even with that one, yeah, they, they Northwestern's problems are more just their own problems. While with Penn State, it's their own issues plus some outside things that they can't control. Northwestern might be the worst Power Five basketball program of all time. Right, but and, and again, <laughs> but if you get two kids from Chicago who want to go play near home, I'd still rather yeah. be near Chicago than in State College, Pennsylvania, knowing that all the kids in Philly are going to Villanova or Temple or somewhere else, and all the kids in Pittsburgh are going to Pitt. Like, they don't have a recruiting base. I, I know what you're saying, but the miracle – there's a miracle 1% for Northwestern that basketball that I don't think exists for Penn State basketball. Because then it's like, can you just beat out DePaul? Yeah. So uh, No, 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 no. I mean, the Chicago Loyola, recruiting Loyola. is much more complex than that. Oh, and Illinois. Illinois. I know, I know, but that's what I'm Wisconsin. saying. Well, I'm saying, we're saying like if you just stay in Chicago, though. Yeah, like, I mean, that's all just, I'm saying. Not necessarily some, if you just stay in the state. You make some great pitch to a Chicago kid who's like, oh, I, I mean, it's not going to happen, but I don't think no. it's going to happen at Penn State either. So, all right, Penn State is sixth with 24 points. Fifth with 21 points is Iowa. And it's almost unanimous here. Stephen had him fifth. I had him fifth. The Texas had him fifth. Nathan, you had him sixth because you had Penn State fifth. Uh, Stephen, what do we think about Iowa here? Listen, by the way, Iowa football made the Big Ten title game. Iowa basketball won the Big Ten tournament. Not bad if there are Iowa people listening and they want to pound 
their podcast right now, pound your podcast, Buckeye Talk, and say, this is not fair. We should be higher. I think we put a ceiling on Iowa football because we think Kirk Ferentz is kind of boring and there is a ceiling to Kirk Ferentz, but it's a pretty consistently high ceiling. I do think Fran McCaffrey has a higher ceiling than Kirk Ferentz right now, but maybe, Stephen, we put a ceiling on Iowa compared to some other programs, but right now they're pretty darn good in both. And that's why they're fifth. They're pretty good in both. But, like, you said there's not a ceiling on Kirk, um, uh, uh, McCaffrey. I think there is. I think they're, like, just a really decent basketball team who's going to make it, who might make a Sweet 16 one day. I mean, they haven't done it in his lifetime, though. So <laughs> they've, done his, yeah. they've done it in his lifetime. Okay, yeah. Okay, fine. In his coach, in his tenure I, there, they haven't done it. And that's the thing with both of these. Yeah, that's the thing with both of these teams. Both of these teams, it's that they're really, really good, but they're in no threat to actually win anything on a national level. Yeah, here's the thing for me, twofold. In football, so Iowa, Penn State is a better football program than Iowa, correct? Yes? Yes. And yes, Penn Iowa is clearly a better basketball program than Penn State, but I also feel like uh, – Iowa is just leaving stuff on the table every year in basketball that McCaffrey has a, you know, a certain level of success. Maybe this is the year that they'll see the breakthrough, but a lot of like 22, 23, 25, well, 25 was when they went to the NIT, but like 22, 23 win seasons that end in that first weekend. Like he, he was at UNC Greensboro the last time. So even before he went to Siena, the last time Iowa made it to the second weekend of an NCAA tournament. And I don't think NCAA tournament success is the only arbiter of a program success, but a lack of it for 25 years now almost is tells you something. I think it has to mean something. But you're poo-pooing 21 seasons for Iowa. Penn State's had three 21 seasons in basketball in the last two decades. So, so the gap between Penn State's football, this is like as Stephen said, he was doing it. All right, let's look at the four teams. Penn State's football program is first. I actually don't know. Would you put Iowa's football program or Iowa's basketball program second in this group? Which What's better for Iowa? I guess football. I would put football. Consistent. I would put football. I would put football. Either way, they're two and three. So, But I think the gap between Penn State football and Iowa football is smaller than the gap between Iowa basketball and Penn State basketball. And that's how I would look at something like this, like the size of the gaps. I guess I would see that. But then, okay, let's say you're assigning points there. That becomes five and five. And like I said, I, I lean football. If, if, you're, if you have the better football program of the two teams that are being compared, and I think Penn State clearly does, because if you took Iowa and put it in the East and put Penn State in the West, how would we be talking about these two programs for the last decade? That's fair. Penn State, James Franklin wishes State College was <laughs> – State College, Iowa. Um, He's been lobbying cartographer organizations to redraw the maps, I think. He'd have some division flags if that was the case. So Purdue was 27. Penn State was 24. Iowa was 21. Now we jump again. I think we drew a line at the bottom seven. Then I think these three are next. And now we're in the big boys. We're in, we're in more serious level here. The jump is to 13 total points. So that's from 21 to 13. And this is where I really think there's some flexibility here. The candidates left are Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Michigan. Stephen, who do you think is fourth? Who do you think got voted fourth? I think... Wisconsin got voted fourth. Um, that's not who I put fourth, but I think that's who ended up in the collective getting fourth. Nathan, who do you think got voted fourth? I think Michigan State got voted fourth. And I think that's probably where I should have put them to, but I actually had Wisconsin fourth. Oh, wait. I might have an adding error here. There might actually be a tie. Let me look. I put, well, while you're doing that, I put Michigan State fourth. But um, either way, I would have been, you know, I'm not mad if you didn't put them for So Michigan State, four, seven, 
11, 13. Okay. And let's see, three, seven, nine. Is it really an episode of Buckeye Talk if there's no math errors? Yeah, for real. So, so it is a tie. <laughs> it's actually a tie. <laughs> so we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tie. It's a tie between Wisconsin and Michigan State. Uh, let's see. Stephen had Wisconsin third and Michigan State fourth. Nathan had Michigan State third and Wisconsin fourth. I had Michigan State second and Wisconsin fourth. And the Texters had Wisconsin second and Michigan State fourth. So that's how we got here. Well, let's talk about Stephen. You had Wisconsin third, Michigan State fourth. Why did you put them in that order? Wisconsin has made multiple Big Ten championship games in football and reached the national title game in basketball and are constantly one of the three best teams in the Big Ten in basketball like they were this past year. Um, While with Michigan State, I mean, Izzo's Izzo, so there's that. I don't know if that needs any more analysis than that, but as much faith as we have in what Mel Tucker may be able to do at Michigan State, he hasn't done it yet. So you can't give him points for something he hasn't accomplished yet. So when you combine the fact that both Wisconsin's football and basketball program have been steadily at the top, while Michigan State has probably the best program in basketball, but a rebuilding one in football, Wisconsin has to win out. Michigan State made a New Year's Six Bowl this year. I mean, like, it's not like yeah. Mel Tucker had year one, which was COVID. And then in year two, he was like in the playoff discussion all year and made a New Year's six. So he hasn't done it as consistently as Wisconsin. I will say, and Nathan, will get your reverse argument here because you had Michigan State third and Wisconsin fourth. It is difficult that football has divisions and basketball doesn't. Because yep. that factors into something like this because Wisconsin is the beneficiary of playing in the West in football and Michigan state has to deal with the East. But if, if, if you said for the next five years, let's let Paul Chris do his thing and let Mel Tucker do his thing. And then let's like have them play each other and determine who the best football team is that way. And not just on record. And like, I think I might pick Michigan state because I'm not so hot on Paul Chris right now. But Wisconsin might have more Big Ten championship game appearances and a better overall record because they're in the West. Meanwhile, Izzo and Greg Gard are doing the same thing, and you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. So I do think it does make it difficult to judge. Nathan, why did you have Michigan State third and Wisconsin fourth? This was the toughest decision for me on the whole ranking. And it's an interesting juncture because Michigan, Michigan State and Wisconsin, from a basketball standpoint, basketball success standpoint, very similar in recent years. You had the beeline peak at Michigan, which included a championship game appearance. You had the Wisconsin peak under Bo Ryan, which included a final four and a championship game appearance back to back. And then Izzo, it's been a little bit more extended, obviously, and having won the, the national championship 20 some years ago. Um, and, but also just if, if you go more than like four years without Michigan state making a final four in basketball, it feels like something's off. So that ultimately is what I gave them the edge for over Wisconsin. I feel though that I was probably wrong. I think you could argue that Wisconsin should be higher. And I hear what you're saying. Now it becomes a semantic argument somewhat. It's because it was what I was saying before about the, um, uh, with um, Northwestern, how I, I think I judge their success in the West a little bit differently because it's coming in the West. And I look at their, their dips differently because it's coming in the West. But for Wisconsin, if you're judging like what's the better, like which, which program is in a better position, even if Michigan State is better, it's like you're saying, like it, can you argue that Wisconsin should be higher because it's in the more favorable football position? It doesn't have to go through the same gauntlet to have the same level of success. And that by, by that measure, their success will always look greater, whether it is or not. I know what you're saying. That's a tough world to live in of like, well, I'm judging you because you have an easier path and that makes you better. But it, it's also realistic to some degree. Yep. 
Um, I had Michigan State second because the reason I had them second, and again, I said I did my list and then I sort of fudge stuff. When I did my point totals, I actually came up with Michigan State as the third best program because I said Michigan State had the second best basketball program right now. And I said that they had the fifth best football program. But then I factored in Izzo and then I factored in what I think Mel Tucker's gonna be. And I just feel like the Michigan State basketball, second best overall program. Like, like his, if you go beyond recent, recent, recent history, even though I'm saying I have Michigan State basketball second, like if we go last 15 years, it's Ohio State football and Michigan State basketball, yeah. right? And so again, mm-hmm. what's your, what are your parameters? We said, take some recent history, but if you go a little bit further, I think the power of Michigan State basketball is still pretty powerful. It's what you said, Stephen, at the top, like Izzo. That's almost enough. And nobody else really has that. Even Ohio State, like not with a coach, Ohio State football has it. So I just felt that carried the day and there's some upside to football. And we've seen not that long ago what good Michigan State football looks like because D'Antonio had it going for a while and they fell off, but they replaced him with a good guy. And so that football's coming off a double digit win season and Michigan State basketball was in the final four a couple of years ago. So like, that's pretty darn good to me. And I am slightly out on Wisconsin football and Greg guard doesn't have sort of like the same power as Izzo, even though I think Wisconsin's basketball program is really good. So I got a little subjective and I'll be honest, Wisconsin, when I just did my rankings was first for me. When I just did my rankings of best basketball program, best football program and combined it, they were first. And then I was like, well, I don't think that's right. And then I got a little subjective. So I think this is close. And I think I'm okay with it tied, Stephen. Like tied for third is Michigan State and Wisconsin. Like, does that does that feel like kind of a, a good place for us to be? Yeah, because there's an argument for both and not really an argument against either. It's just which argument do you like more? Agreed, Nathan. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I the first time I sent you the I had the email set up. I pasted over my list and I started going back through it again. I'm like, uh, no, wait, I think Wisconsin should be third. And I looked over it again and I reversed it again. So that I, I literally like it was the one spot that I changed the most because I couldn't decide. So I think that's the definition of just call it a tie. All right. That's good. We'll come back with a tie for first next on Buckeye Talk. Division here. Obviously, it's the Buckeyes and the Wolverines tied for first place. Seven points each. Stephen Means had Michigan first and Ohio State second. Nathan Baird had Ohio State first and Michigan second. The Texters had Ohio State first and Michigan third. And I had Michigan first and Ohio State third. And I'll start off with the Ohio State discussion because when I did my ranking of Ohio State of Big Ten basketball programs, I have Ohio State seventh right now. The top six for me were, and again, this is fluid, but I have Wisconsin, Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa all ahead of Ohio State right now. Does that, and, and I'd be curious, I don't know if you guys did individual rankings like that, but when I say Ohio State's basketball program seventh, Recent history, right now, look into the future. Does that sound right or is that low? I don't, it's not high. It's about as low as they could be. It's is not it high. Low? I, I, I don't know by what criteria, other than the fact that Iowa just won the Big Ten Championship last week, you would put them ahead of Ohio State. Um, they were both two seeds in the tournament last year. Yeah. And Iowa won both, a game. Yeah. Fair. I, Who's I, the, I guess it depends on some of this is how short of a period of time, I guess, where you're concentrating on as you as you think of these things. The six I have Mich- ahead of them, Stephen, are Wisconsin, Michigan State, Purdue, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa are the six that I have ahead of. Ohio OK, State yeah, I was trying to figure out which one I was forgetting. That makes sense. So if Stephen says it makes sense and Nathan, maybe you think they should be more like. 
I would say I would put them ahead of Iowa. I don't know if I'd put them ahead of Illinois, though. Okay. But I think so, you could even argue it. So maybe fifth, maybe sixth, maybe seventh. Then the question is, is the power of Ohio State football enough to lift up the basketball program? That's the discussion here. And Stephen, you're shaking your head no, and that's why you no. had Michigan first. Yep. Michigan is the only school on this list who in the past five years has made both a Final Four and a college football playoff. That is, if we're doing recent history right now and look into the future, that is, that is not a bad mic drop. A fact is a fact. And the balance there, and you could go back a little bit. Harbaugh's got them up here, but man, they, they made two national championship games with John Beeline. Like they've been, this is not, and Juwan Howard has kept it going. And then, I mean, you know, I don't think the Juwan Howard control your temper thing is a big conversation point for something like this because, you know, until they fire him, he seems pretty good at his job and they'll work it out and whatever. So that's, that's where I am. I just think basketball, Michigan State basketball is, is pretty darn good. Ohio State basketball had a better season this year, but Michigan made the Elite Eight last year. And Howard's recruiting at a high level. Um, so Stephen and I both had Michigan first. Nathan, why did you have Ohio State first ahead of Michigan? For me, what Ohio State is in football is enough of a separation from the rest of the Big Ten that it does pull up basketball. But I totally understand people who don't feel that way. Um, and it, I think that's more on where they feel the basketball program is than football hasn't isn't doing enough. Because as we've talked about many times on this this program, should I call it a program? As we've talked about many times on this podcast, we 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 put Ohio State in that in that pretty exclusive like second tier. Like sometimes they're the only team in that second tier or they're just sharing with like one other team and there's only one or two teams above them. I mean, it's a, they're in rare, rare, rare air in college football that nobody else in the big 10. And I know Michigan just made a final four and I know, or I mean a championship playoff. And I know how high I picked Jim Harbaugh in our things yesterday. And I have not gone and looked at the text messages yet because I'm sure I have some, <laughs> but I, I, the, the, the aura of Ohio state football is different. The, the level that it achieves at, consistently is different the success that michigan has had this year is in large part judged against whether or not it beat ohio state or not so you're sort of defining success throughout the rest of the big 10 by whether somebody can beat you or not in most years it's not that close and i think that again i i feel myself leaning football as i do this i give i, I lean my benefit of the doubt i lean towards football and that's where i think that Ohio State football is just an entity in that that no nothing else in the Big Ten is. And I do think, Stephen, it sounds like Nathan is leaning heavier on football than maybe you did. And I mm -hmm. think that's where some of this comes in. If you try to balance it out a little bit more, right? And I'm, I'm not, one's not right and one's not wrong, but then that's probably why you and I get to Michigan if we're trying to look at them more equally. Yeah, and, and that's fine because Nathan's right. Ohio State, is, their football program basically skews everybody else because they're just so much better than everybody else. But if you do, if you put them on equal footing and you look at the accomplishments as both and you realize that Michigan's success in basketball at its peak has equaled now the success it's had in football at its peak, that no one else has done can say that. No other school can say that. And that, that's enough to put them at number one when you're, when you're doing an exercise like this. The last eight NCAA tournaments, so not the one right now and not the COVID year, but the last eight that were fully played, I think I have this right. Ohio State basketball has one sweet 16 in those eight. Michigan basketball has six. Like, it's no contest. What John Beeline did at, at the, as the Thad Mata era was winding down at Ohio State mm -hmm. and John Beeline was ascending. And then that Juwan Howard has made an Elite Eight while Chris Holtman 
in three tournaments so far has two basketball wins total. Like Nathan, I'm I'm not I'm not arguing this to say like you're wrong, but it's indisputable that I think it's indisputable that Michigan's basketball program right now, recent past and right now, is healthier than Ohio State's basketball program. And indisputably, Ohio State's football program is better. So then it's one-to-one, and then what are you weighing? But it's funny that I think if, if, Nate, if Steve and I are picking Michigan here, it's that the basketball program has laid the foundation to allow that to happen, and then Michigan football winning this year puts them over the top. Because, Stephen, I think if you and I – if Ohio state had beaten Michigan again this year and Ohio state had gone to the playoff and Michigan had not. And then we're in here arguing Michigan has the best combined programs. We would sound like lunatics, right? Yeah. Michigan football taking this step allowed us to even consider this, Stephen. Because even the head to heads, I think Chris Holtman is four and two against Juwan Howard. While I mean, we all know what Ohio state football is against Michigan football for the past 20 years. That doesn't need to be overzealous. So they would have no point, but because Michigan just beat Ohio State to get to the playoff, while also Michigan's basketball program won the last time they got on the court with about the Ohio State basketball program and the added factor of both of those teams have been to the highest pinnacle of their sport. That's where you give the point to Michigan. But yes, if Michigan doesn't beat Ohio State, this is not a discussion. Ohio State's number one. I do think if we're going to count the, the Sweet 16 things on the basketball side, you have to do a similar exercise on the football side where Ohio State would still be, even after this drop this past year, still be the only program in the country that would have made a 12-team playoff in every year that there's been a playoff. You cannot say that about Michigan. I don't know how many years they would have been in the top eight, but like twice, Mm -hmm. including the one they just went to. Like, not many. So that's the level of consistency that also has to be brought in here because, again, when you're comparing sport to sport – um, you get to achieve, you get to achieve less in basketball and have it mean more in some ways. Cause it just, it, or not less, it, it, it's just no, such a that's different the right word. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, but it's just such a different compare. It's just such a different, it's just a different, I don't even know what you want to call it, a different experience. Like it's just set up such a different way. So I think that's an important thing to remember too, that, that Ohio state that yes, and I think by the way that I have ranked them, I'm giving Michigan credit for what it did this past year in football in both these t- podcasts that we've done. But the Ohio State level of, of success is a different – it's just a different thing. It's a different entity. It's a, it's a different measuring stick. They do wreck the curve a little bit in their sport. The way that um, – I think you maybe even – maybe Doug has a more in compelling argument as far as Michigan State – because they they did that in basketball for a little bit where like they were getting to the final four so regularly under Izzo and the rest of the Big Ten wasn't until Beeline and, and Bo Ryan came and did it. And like, Bruce Weber had one in there with Illinois and like you'd sprinkle one in every once in a while and Minnesota had to vacate one <laughs> at one point. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like I felt like it felt like Michigan State was wrecking the curve a little bit in basketball by being the team that could get on the national level and achieve with whatever other name you wanted to bring up. And Ohio State's the only person who's done that in football. And again, I have Ohio State third in this. As you said, I have Michigan one, Michigan State two. And people will think I'm crazy. And if you subscribe to the, I like the phrase, wreck the curve theory, that it's like Ohio State football is so dominant. What are you talking about? Their basketball program's competitive. Doug just wrote a column about how they're one of eight teams in the country to make the last five tournaments if you count the COVID year. What are you talking about? They're competitive. They're consistent add in this dominating football program. And that's number one, you lunatic. Uh, That's an argument. I I do think that's an argument. But when I look and I see the basketball program seventh, and when I think about the extended power of Michigan State basketball, and hey, I think Michigan State football is pretty good. And when you think about what Michigan did in making the playoff this year, and hey, they've been pretty good at basketball. It's about gaps, right? And it's, I, I do think it's possible that as big as the gap is, man, Maybe I'm going to talk myself out of so as big as the gap, the gap between though, Nathan, between Ohio state football and everybody else is still pretty gigantic in this league. And if I'm trying to say, well, the gap between Michigan state basketball and Michigan basketball, those two programs and Ohio state basketball, that's pretty big. It's not as big as the gap is between Ohio state football. Right. So maybe I'm refuting my own argument. And to me, the gap in between Ohio state football and everybody else, I know Michigan beat them last year. I know Michigan went to the playoff. But 
it doesn't seem like there's any path where someone really takes Ohio State's spot in football. And it in Michigan State's spot in basketball seems very tenuous. In fact, they've they've relinquished it at different periods of the past decade. The Bo Ryan experience at Wisconsin, the John Beeline experience at Michigan. I would say that those were the teams that had climbed to being the best in the Big Ten in basketball in a way that nobody has made that climb in football in the Big Ten since, I guess you would argue, maybe when Bielema peaked at Wisconsin, when Ohio State had things go completely sideways for like the only time in its history. Like That's like the one blip, and we're getting farther and farther away from that. And even that, that was a year. And then they hired Urban Meyer. So it's like, right. while with Izzo's, it can be next year. They could be six just because the roster isn't as good as some other rosters. And they could have two or three years in a row like that, even if he is Izzo. Now, Tom Izzo is, is kind of one of these just like magic elves. Like they could go to a Final Four this year and I wouldn't blink. Like this, <laughs> They just do that. So yeah. they, there's something to be said for that too. And I will say for all the people who were angry at me for writing – hey, Ohio State basketball making the tournament five straight theoretical years is a pretty big deal. A lot of this to me is complete lack of tournament success in recent years, like complete lack of tournament success that when you stack it up to what Izzo does consistently, what Michigan has done in the last eight tournaments, now I'm pulling back to agreeing with myself again. That feels like a big gap to me. It's like, well, it's not as big. It's like Ohio State's a non-entity in the postseason. Michigan's been to six of the last eight sweet 16s. They're a huge entity. You just said Michigan State, they're a seven seed. Ah, they might make the final four. That's how people think about Michigan State basketball. Like that perception, I think, matters. They made the final four three years ago. Ohio State, they're, they're Ohio State and, and Michigan State are the same seed this year in the basketball tournament. I don't know if a lot of people are saying, like, oh, yeah, Holman, I can see him making the final four. And I don't think anyone's saying that. So, I'm, I'm sort of back on my believing what I actually picked because um, I just think that's enough of a drag. I said, and think about it, you're dragging down like the third, third best football program in the country or the second because you, you're a non-entity in the postseason and because you're not really competing for Big Ten basketball titles in the regular season either. So um, making the tournament's great. It's important, but they're also dragging down the football team in a thing like this because Steven – my gosh, there were years. I mean, you would have done this at the heyday of Tressel and Mata and the heyday of, of early Urban and Mata. I mean, it's like, First, it's not, not even, even close. It's like, well, the football team is best and the basketball team is best. So they're number one. And then the conversation is, are they the best in the country? That's what Ohio State for six, eight years, that was the conversation. Oh, it's them in Florida. Oh, it's them in Texas, mm-hmm. right? Oh, it's, you know, Kevin Durant's in Texas and Mac Brown's still doing this thing, like all that kind of stuff. And now we're debating whether Ohio State, I at least think it's a debate. Nathan, uh, would you agree that it's a, it's a debate? At least you have them first, but do you think Stephen and I are crazy or it's a debate in the Big Ten? No, I think the the basketball has been underwhelming enough that it's it's worth a debate. And I was just looking back at it now. One of the things that I sort of use as a barometer of success is in basketball is being a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament. I think Bo Ryan had some kind of a crazy streak going of, of being in the top four of the tournament for like every year that it was held or whatever, like some crazy streak like that. Painter at Purdue has a similar kind of thing going. I think other than the COVID year, they've been a top four seed and Holman's done it once. That was his first year when he inherited the big 10 basketball player of the year. And they haven't been higher than tied for this year. They were tied for fourth, but they didn't have a top four seed. They went to Rutgers. So again, that's just another little indication of where they really sit relative to the rest of the conference. And Steven, again, so we're doing a big 10 debate about the power of Ohio state instead of a national debate. When a decade ago, we were doing this on a national level is Ohio state the best in the country. I don't even think we would mention Ohio state in the top 10 if we were doing this nationally. And and if we did, it'd be like ninth or no, I mean like this combined thing. I don't, I mean, and if we were, they'd probably be ninth or 10th. I don't know if they comfortably slide into there. I think that's a that's a pod because I'm trying to think of who else it's, is combined football basketball that I would. Hmm. It's it's a Survivor Show pod. We're doing it. In two oh yeah, oh, that's right. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's a good tease. It's. I mean, it's like I like all Cross these promotion. ideas. So Shahan and I did a national version 
of the Tuesday pod already. We did the draft, but then we're going to wait. We're, we're not doing it this week. We're not doing it next week. But we're going to do it like the week of the final four. I think it is. We're going to do the, the national combined okay. and have a draft on that. And it'll be very interesting to find out where Ohio state comes in there because like, I, I don't, I don't know right now off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Cause guess what? Like back in the day with Joe Kim, Noah and Tim Tebow, Florida was up there. Florida's not there anymore. Are you kidding me? Florida's coach just left for Georgia in basketball because you're going to get Florida. Yeah, Florida's not good at either. That's the thing right now. (laughs) So Ohio State's ahead of Florida. Congratulations. So, you know, Al Horford beat Greg Oden and and Urban Meyer beat Troy Smith 17 years ago, whatever it was. But right now, Ohio State gets his revenge because at least they're better than Florida in the combo. Thanks to you guys for being part of it. That was fun. Again, in the end, we have a tie for first with Michigan and Ohio State, a tie for third with uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State, Iowa fifth, Penn State sixth, Purdue seventh, Illinois eighth, tie for ninth with Indiana and Minnesota, Northwestern 11th, Rutgers 12th, Maryland 13th, and Nebraska 14th. We'll come back with rapid fire on Thursday. Football, nonsense, basketball. We'll make our picks for the Ohio State Loyola game in the tournament. And we appreciate you guys being part of it for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird. I'm Doug Maurice. And that was Buckeye Talk.